All right, and welcome back, everyone. This is another edition of the Betting Filter Podcast, a sports handicapping podcast primarily covering college athletics. Today's episode, like always, we'll be sure to cover the Saturday card in college basketball, um, you know, try to give out some buy points, um, what, which games I'm most interested in. Um, as I'm recording now, it's Friday. I'm waiting on some of these lines to drop, um, uh, you know, to get the best information out for the podcast, but... Um, before we really get into those games, um, we will also kind of look um, at the teams that we're looking to buy or sell um, and how, uh, you know, we're coming into the year and how those uh, buy or sell teams have done so far. Uh, you know, which side of that, uh, you know, have we done better um, buying or selling teams? Uh, is it better to, you know, fade some of these really bad teams or uh, vice versa we'll break that down as well as uh, look at you know adding teams to that list about this time of year you, you know we've got some data on um, you know how teams are doing against the spread um, you know you know so we're looking at adding uh, a few teams that have been you know really good uh, in, in the markets and uh, adding teams on uh, conversely on the other side that have been uh, bad against the numbers so um, j- just to see, uh, you know, kind of hone in some on some of those teams going forward. But uh, nonetheless, before we get into all of that, we can uh, go ahead and get the plugs out of the way. If you are on Twitter, you can find me there at Betting Filter. Um, that'll be the quickest play to uh, place to see my plays as I release them. If you'd rather have email blog or email blasts sent out of my blog, you can sign up for those at bettingfilter.wordpress.com. Uh, those should go out, um, you know, immediately after I post. I, usually, I go straight from Twitter, uh, kind of uh, copy and paste most of the stuff into uh, the blog. But now uh, I'm starting to. Um, I use the Action Network app to track all of my uh, my betting, so I'm going to start using screen grabs of uh, probably you know, my bets for the day. Um, and also uh, the graph of the one-month um, trend. So uh, uh, look for that going forward. Uh, you know, if you like that better, let me know. If you don't like it, if you like me to go back to the uh, how I have been doing it, uh, I can do that as well. So uh, just reach out. But um, yeah, let's go ahead and get into you know just how we uh, decided to uh, highlight these teams that we did. Um, in the preseason, and it was basically just taking um, the model and comparing it to uh, Ken Palm's preseason model and uh, assuming that Ken Palm's projections would be closer to uh, the market uh, price than our model. So we, we were able to identify early, uh, at least in theory, teams that we thought would be uh, overvalued uh, in comparison to our model. Um, or, you know, over or undervalued, uh, I should say. But uh, we'll start with the teams that we thought were going to be overvalued, so teams that we were looking to fade. Um, now, I'm looking at this list, and there's about, you know, half the teams that we were 
um, we had highlighted that we haven't even bet um, against uh, so far. And, you know, that's basically, um, you know, it's one of two things. It's, uh, you know, maybe they weren't um, overvalued in the market like, uh, you know, I would have assumed they were. Or they just, uh, their profile was a little bit, um, y- you know, uh, better than, uh, you know, or just somebody I didn't want to necessarily fade based on their uh, statistical profile, their team makeup, uh, whatever the situation was. There's, there was some reason I, I haven't bet against these teams. Um, and, uh, you know, that's... Uh, you know, no harm, no foul there. Uh, you know, staying out of the market, you know, you know, you're never going to lose any uh, any money there. But um, I do think it's worth mentioning uh, uh, mentioning that just because you don't want to come in here and just because they're a fade team, you blindly fade them. It's all about the market number and the matchup. So um, you, if we look at the teams that we have faded successfully. Um, let's see. Uh, we got to start with Portland State. That we're six and zero when fading them. That's just, um, uh, you know, who knows how long uh, we can uh, continue to ride them before the market catches up to the fact that they're not very good um, against the number. Um, same thing with Vanderbilt and Wyoming, three and zero against the spread when fading them. And you know that might not seem like um, a lot. Um, to this point in the season, you know, they've played a lot of games, but being able to highlight, um, um, you know, these teams early in the season and assume that they were going to be overvalued and then kind of seeing that translate, uh, uh, you know, has been nice. Uh, you know, there has been, it looks like there's only been one team that were 0 and 2 um, fading, and that was Albany. And even Albany. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at the games that we we bet against them on, um, but uh, you know they're a bo- probably a bottom 100 team, you know, sub 300 team in the country. So uh, you know, it all comes down to the number, but uh, that's that is interesting that we are 0 and 2 uh, when fading them. Um, but you know, there's uh, overall, I guess we'll look at that number, uh, 19 and 14 fading teams, which is not quite as good as uh, our record backing teams uh, or teams that you know you're looking to play on, um, you know, as well as just not as much volume. Um, uh, and I think that makes a little bit of sense. Uh, but yeah, we'll go ahead and move over to that that list. Um, you know, about the same. There's there's about a half of the teams that we highlighted coming into the year that we just haven't uh, found any value on, or we've been. Uh, Maybe their statistical profile just wasn't as strong uh, as I assumed coming into the season. But, um, you know, that's kind of why you follow these teams game by game and kind of see their weaknesses. And, um, you know, you look, it it helps you narrow down uh, opportunities to play on them or, um, yeah, just. Just to try to weed out some games where they, they you know, you want to weed out these uh, flat spots, and there, there's no really great way unless you have some uh, like really inside information to tell if a team is going to come out flat. Um, the best you can really do is to uh, look for opportunities where they they match up poorly against another team. Uh, maybe uh, also you look at 
their five game, ten game trend? Are they are they overplaying, or you know, have they had like four or five games in a row where they have outperformed, uh, you know, their season long uh, moving average, or that you know they kind of, um, for an example, uh, you know, there's a lot of examples of this, but uh, Georgia Tech is a good one the other night against Clemson. Uh, the number looked right. I mean, it actually looked more than right. The buy point I had on that was probably seven. That got up to, I believe, eight, eight and a half, maybe nine. Um, and uh, it looked like a buy for me because, you know, uh, there was there was reasons to believe Georgia Tech could go in there and maybe even win at Clemson. Um, uh, but if you looked at some of their, you were essentially buying high on, on Georgia Tech because they have had so many, they had several games in a row where they had just been outperforming. Uh, like I said, they're, you know, essentially they're moving average throughout the year and uh, I would kind of rather buy on Georgia Tech once they kind of get into a slump and you're kind of expecting them to rebound um, you, you know I, I just think that's that's just more of a principle than it is a uh, you know a, you know a steadfast rule you know sometimes uh, if you think that that trend uh, can be bucked by um, the matchup itself um, you know, and they can remain, uh, you know, on that positive uptick, then maybe it is fine to, to buy them when their value is still, you know, maybe inflated a little bit. But um, it does kind of give me pause. Um, and then looking at their turnovers offensively uh, paired with uh, Clemson's defense and Georgia Tech being on the road, I ended up not playing on that game. Um, but that's just one example um, but let's get into some of these uh, teams uh, that we were looking to buy coming into the year that we've had success on. Uh, the best being Wofford. We're 3-0 and with them. Hopefully we get some opportunities to con- continue to back them. Our only 2-0 and um, team has been North Florida, and I'm not exactly sure um, you know, if we're going to continue to back them much going forward. If you look at their um, profile, they – one of the worst teams, probably bottom 10 in the country, and it looks like in, yeah, bottom 10 in the country and uh, turnover percentage and you know, offensively, uh, and one of the worst uh, defensive rebounding teams in the country. Uh, n- now, some of that's influenced by they have a have faced, uh, you know, a top 50 schedule um, so far, but, you know, it, it'll be interesting. I think... Um, you know, there, there's there's a reason why we back them, and there's a reason why we're two and zero. Um, uh, we'll just have to see, you know, if they if those two um, parts of their game um, improves as they get deeper into conference play and get into a little bit easier um, schedule. But um, yeah, anyways, moving on from them, uh, mostly a lot of. There's a couple of two and ones in uh, uh, on our schedule. We've got I think Yale and uh, one more, Gardner-Webb, but there's uh, mostly a lot of 1-0s, and o's, so teams that we've just kind of, you know, hopped in every now and then uh, looking to back, and uh, so it's a little bit different than the uh, than our fade list where it's a little more aggregated on three teams, but, um, and earlier I said uh, we actually had better success uh, backing teams, and it actually, if you run it based on the percentages, right, pretty much the same 57 percent on both sides and if you add those numbers together that's not or you know 
uh, you know, the 19 and 14 and the 28 and 21. Uh, some of those games have overlapped, so we actually haven't bet that many games this year. But um, you know, sometimes we were uh, it, it'll you know games will match up where we're look um, a team that we're looking to back is playing a team we're looking to fade. So uh, for those of you um, uh, you know trying to add these numbers up, it, um, uh, that's why there's a discrepancy between uh, those numbers and our overall uh, record for the year. But uh, anyways. Um, yeah, some uh, overall pretty good, uh, pretty good list, uh, pretty you know spread out. The only teams that we are really uh, we've struggled with backing so far on the year is St. Louis. We're zero and two with them, so we've been pretty fortunate not to kind of ride anyone too hard that we you know we overvalued coming into the year. Um, you know, I mean, I think. Some of that is uh, just being a little cautious, maybe too cautious at times with teams, but, um, you know, I'm not going to complain about that. Um, anyways, uh, I do think it's worth mentioning some of these teams. We'll look at, like, Stephen F. Austin. Now, this is a team that uh, has kind of been like a darling at times in the in the tournament as like a, you know, I forget who they pulled off of an upset or two against in the tournament, but... Um, it's a team that they have talent at times, and I thought that they were going to be, uh, un- they were being undervalued coming into the year, and then the the season started, and uh, fortunately we weren't in uh, on them uh, early because th- they really looked awful, and then once they showed signs of being much worse than anticipated, I basically, I mean, looking in my notes now, I just put you know pause buying until we see an uptick, right? So. I wanted to see that they were, you know, essentially what they were um, compared to what we thought they were coming into the season. Um, And, I mean, their game grades were really poor, um, really didn't play that tough of a schedule. Um, You know, two aspects of their game that they really struggled on are always concerning turnovers and defensive rebounding. Um, But... uh, you know, there was still an opportunity at some point to say, okay, well, maybe this slow start is just an, you know, an opportunity to buy low on them in the market. Um, and that could have been the case. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what they are, uh, ATS, uh, on the season. Um, but if I had to guess, probably not that great. Um, I just paused to look that up and they, uh, indeed they're like two, nine and one ATS. That's, the third worst um, in the country, um, you know, s- sitting right there uh, wedged between Wyoming and Portland State, who we feasted on, as I said earlier. But um, if we go back to the notes that I had on this team uh, after those first few games, it was that I was going to pause buying them until I, I saw a an uptick that uh, looked sustainable. Um, that really has never come. Now, they have... We kind of know what they are now at this point. They're a team that doesn't uh, really just a bad, bad offensive team. Uh, decent defense at times, especially if they can turn you over and get out in transition. They do a good job of crashing the offensive glass and creating second chance opportunities. Uh, but a lot of that, you know, their their ability to turn you over and their ability to crash the offensive glass, they kind of give it back on the other end because with their offensive turnovers and with their defensive rebounding. So it kind of negates uh, 
but I think what we what we have learned was just because I came into the season high on this team uh, and they turned out to be one of the worst teams against the spread it never cost us a penny so that that's the takeaway but the the second takeaway is um, that we could still actually make money on this team because if you know looking at now having the data of what this team is now who would they match up well against um, a team that um, is really poor uh, talent wise like overall you know you're, you're talking about you know probably 300 or worse somebody that they're going to you know kind of outman physically somebody that might not um, or, you know somebody that their defensive havoc is going to create issues for somebody that's defense just might not be quite as challenging for their poor offense we might see an above average performance that way um, but it's also about focus and um, you know it's it's about a lot of factors in, in the end but uh, if we look at um, you know for instance their game on Saturday against incarnate word incarnate word has one of the worst defenses uh, you know, in the country and one of the worst defensive rebounding teams in the country. So uh, that seems to match up pretty well for um, Stephen F. Austin on Saturday. Not only that, if you look at their overall, um, you know, the trend of, of uh, both teams, Stephen F. Austin is sitting here uh, nearly 10 points below their moving average. So as bad as they've been the past few games, um, it, that's been worse than kind of their their season long power ratings, if you will. So, um, it, it this could be the an opportunity to actually buy low on a, a team that's been, like I said, one of the worst teams uh, ATS on the season. With that said, though, I mean, there's a lot of uh, you know, uh, you look at this team. That's a very high variance team. You, they they had a road win against Baylor, and then they've almost lost to uh, some non-Division one uh, opponents. So um, you're never going to feel great about it, but just from a market perspective, there's even these bad teams, there's opportunities to buy low on them. Um, and this could be it for Stephen F. Austin um, against Incarnate Word. Now, Incarnate Word will be at home, and they will... Um, uh, they are pretty good at uh, turning you over defensively, which definitely doesn't help Stephen F. Austin. But um, I, I just it's as bad as um, you, you know. First off, the the talent edge that Stephen F. Austin will have should be significant. Uh, their their offense, uh, uh, you know, should look a little bit better uh, against a defense as bad as Incarnate Word. Uh, may, you know, hopefully uh, the idea is that uh, Stephen F. Austin is able to assert themselves on the offensive glass against a team as uh, that's really poor uh, defensive rebounding as Incarnate Word. So, um, you know, depending on where this number uh, comes out, um, it could be, you know, an interesting thing that we sit here 1-0. and uh, You know, this is all clearly theoretical but you know if we were to play this game and if we were to win it it's kind of a, uh, a interesting a point just to look at how bad they've been ATS 
how we dodged a huge bullet by not jumping in on them early uh, when you could have just said that you know it was a buy low opportunity and uh, then you sit here one and0 ATS with them um, you know that's just a, a very a good teaching point um, it's something that I need to remember going forward because um, you uh, you know there's just so many uh, pitfalls to to betting that um, when you can can look at things from you, you get so uh, kind of drilled down into the details of these matchups and the numbers and uh, sometimes you just need to step back and look at it from a um, you know a market perspective where um, you know you see what they are as a whole and um, uh, you know everything's got a value I mean if you look at if you're looking at used cars um, you know a car could have issues um, inherent to you know that a, a particular engine or uh, for you know maybe the cars from uh, uh, you know a, a part of the United States that gets a lot of snow and it could have rust damage uh, you know there's all these flaws that you could have in a used car well that car still has a buy point for you I mean if the Kelly Blue Book on the car is you know let's say 10,000 and the list price is nine well you're like yeah it's probably not worth the risk because um you know all of these things that could go wrong with it but if somebody offered you that same car for four thousand there's so much value in it at that point that even though that there's inherent flaws uh the you know the market price is right so that's kind of what we're looking at with um with these teams and with this example uh, specifically with Stephen F. Austin, is that, uh, yeah, there's, you know, clearly flaws with the team, but if the price is right, you still have to buy. Um, once you kind of uh, identify those flaws, it makes it easier to um, attack them, um, whether you're fading them or, you know, um, attack them as far as um, getting them at, 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 you know, at under at an undervalued price. But, um, yeah, enough of the, uh, these overarching examples. We'll try to get into the Saturday games now that some of the bet online openers are starting to hit the board. Uh, we'll start with the Boise State, uh, Fresno State game. Now we'll be looking to back Fresno State here on the road. Um, we are two and two when betting, uh, on them this season, but, um, as far as their merits, very, uh, balanced offensively and defensively. Um, top 40 unit, um, uh, you know, uh, with respect to their offensive and defensive effective field goal percentage, uh, don't really have any, uh, critical flaws. Uh, you'd like them to get to the free throw line a little bit more. You'd like them to control some of their turnovers at times. Um, but that really hasn't reared its head outside of the, you know, probably the Miami game is the only one that the turnovers really cost them. Uh, been pretty good since then. And I think, um, you know, you look at what they've done on the road. Uh, went on the road two games prior and uh, beat a, a very good Utah State team. Uh, so they've shown the ability to go on uh, on the road uh, in altitude and um, beat a, a very quality opponent, one that's uh, you know, a much better opponent than uh, Boise State. So, um, you know, and just Boise State overall, they don't really scare you all that much. They uh, pretty decent offensively, um, 
but outside of that, I mean, they're a good defensive rebounding team, but uh, they don't turn you over. They're really not that great on defense, and uh, while they are better and improving on, you know, as the year goes uh, along, I do think that, um, that, you know, they could have a little, uh, you know, they could be inflated right now based on some of their recent performances. Um, we're going to look to kind of sell sell high on them here and buy low on Fresno State. And uh, the opener for this game is Fresno State plus one. My buy point was plus two, so... You know, I'd really like to get that plus two if I can. Um, you know, this this might be a game where, uh, you know, I, I would really like to get the plus two. I mean, to be honest, I do think Fresno State wins this game outright. But as far as value goes, um, I might be greedy and wait. And if, you know, we catch Fresno State money, we might end up just not having a uh, – you know, a bet on this game, if this, you know, they drive this down to like Fresno State minus two or something, then, um, yeah, I don't really see any value there. But uh, overall, I, um, I do expect Fresno State to win this game, though it could be, um, you know, it's, it is off the hills. They had a, a week off since playing Nevada. Um, how much that factors in here. They, uh, it's not really a look-ahead spot. They got San Diego on deck at home, um, you know. So maybe this is a game where uh, they've got some rest after, you know, not playing all that bad against uh, Nevada, but certainly disappointed to lose by ten in that one. Um, of course, Nevada, uh, you know, top twenty-five team there. So, um, you know, nothing to hold their head down too much, but. Uh, you know, hopefully that uh, they they use that time to to kind of get their legs back under them uh, and uh, have a good showing here on the road at Boise State. Whether we end up having action uh, is yet to be seen, but um, we'll see where these uh, uh, bookmaker and five diamonds uh, lines come out um, for this one. But we'll move on from there and jump over to the uh, Penn versus Temple matchup. Uh, this will be played at Temple. Opening line comes out at Temple minus nine. Uh, our buy point is uh, pin plus ten and a half. Now, um, you know, I, when when the buy point's ten and a half, I really like to get the eleven. Um, but we'll see. Uh, you know, I could end up having this playing this even at uh, possibly ten if I can, or nine and a half possibly. Um, just maybe at a uh, a lesser uh, unit sizing, just because I kind of like um, this. You know, it's just a buy low, sell high opportunity on kind of both sides of the coin here. I, you know, as far as pin goes, uh, obviously very uh, high upside. Uh, you look at them; they've they've beaten uh, the likes of Miami, Florida, and Villanova on the year, but also have you know bad losses on their schedule uh for instance uh three games back at home against monmouth who's like 285 286 in the country uh, they did lose that game in overtime but uh, awful awful game uh three of their last four games have been their worst three games of the season now uh that is concerning is there is there something uh, this uh, driving them towards that poor performance, or is this 
uh, uh, variants where uh, you know you're getting uh, uh, you're just getting a cluster of their poor performances all at once. Um, it's you know kind of tough to tell um, if if you look at um, you know they who they uh, have played during that stretch. You had Toledo on the road, a uh, game where they lost by 32. Now Toledo, uh, kind of very similar in uh, as far from like a power ratings perspective as Temple. Uh, so that's kind of concerning. Uh, if you think that you know that could repeat itself here, uh, the 10 points won't be nearly enough. But if you kind of look at um, this as uh, as I said earlier, a buy low point on them for a team that is very capable um, uh, and one that really statistically uh, hasn't been all that bad. You look at their defense, top 60 in the country, an effective field goal percentage. No real weak spots on this team. Um, defensive rebounding is a little bit of a concern. Turnovers are a little bit of concern, but um, you know, not all that much. Uh, Temple's not going to really attack the offensive glass. Um, so, you know, their rebounding hopefully isn't going to be, uh, or, you know, Penn's uh, defensive rebounding isn't going to be too much of a liability. Uh, but Temple will turn you over. They are at home here. They could, this game just could be a, where Temple, even though they have outperformed um, kind of their power rating uh, throughout the, you know, the last uh, five games, um, they could, you know, continue to roll on that positive momentum here. Uh, and kind of beat a team that's in pin who's uh, struggling at the moment. But um, if we can get the the, especially if we can get plus eleven, I know that that's going to have to be a whole two point swing on Temple here. But uh, more than likely, if the money comes in, it'll probably be on Temple. So I'm going to wait this one out just to see where this number goes. Um, I'm not going to bet, uh, bet this prematurely, as as I said earlier, my my original buy point was uh, pin plus ten and a half. So um, I'll get a little greedy on this. Um, I, overall, I guess I, I believe in Penn. Obviously, they're not the better team in this matchup. Uh, Temple definitely is sitting here at 14 and three. They've taken care of business, but um, you know I don't have it pulled up exactly how they have been against the spread this year. But just uh, by looking at some of these scores um, against similar teams as Penn. Um, you know, they won by two against South Florida uh, at home in overtime, 82-80. Um, you know, they, they beat Davidson um, on a neutral site, 77-75, that needed overtime as well. Um, so a lot of these teams that are, you know, kind of similar uh, in strength to Penn, uh, it's not like Temple has just, you know, handled these, these teams. So if I'm catching double digits, I'm catching 11, I'm going to feel pretty good about, um, you know, Penn bouncing back from a couple of, you know, uh, you know, now four straight uh, pretty pretty bad games. Um, you know, maybe maybe refocused here. And it's nothing on the injury front that really uh, seems to be the issue. So um, it's not like I'm trying to compensate for, you know, well, how many is, you know, uh, how many points is this player worth that's, that's going to miss the game or anything like that. It looks like a pretty straightforward uh, buy low, sell high. Now, whether we get the number we're looking for is, uh, you know, to be determined. But 
Uh, we'll go from there to Georgia Tech playing host to Louisville. Um, now, uh, earlier I talked about you know why I didn't buy on uh, Georgia Tech despite uh, last game out um, at Clemson despite getting the number that we were looking for. Um, and now I'm, I'm probably looking to buy on them here uh, at home. Uh, I mentioned before that my uh, one of my main concerns was uh, their turnovers, uh, you know, Louisville, uh, for for things that they do well defensively, turning you over is definitely not one of them. Only 16.8% uh, turnover rate uh, defensively this year. Um, you know, uh, you, you look at what Louisville does really well, and that's, uh, you know, top 15 in offensive efficiency, uh, top 25 in defensive rebounding now. Uh, Georgia Tech's not going to, you know, crash the offensive glass. They're, you know, they really value getting back on defense and um, making you earn it in your half-court set. But they, uh, you know, it, it, this is a interesting matchup because, um, you know, Georgia Tech top 10 defensively, um, I, you know, that's just a really good matchup. Their, their defense at home against this uh, – uh, you know, really talented Louisville offense. So, uh, if nothing else, will be a great game to watch. Now, as far as the the market goes, um, you know, you're looking for a, a, a I guess it's, would you would consider it a buy low opportunity or at least a bounce back spot for Georgia Tech uh, after a bad performance against uh, Clemson. Um, uh, for Louisville, they just had you know two of their better. I wouldn't say two of their better games. They definitely had their best game of the season two games back uh, on the road at North Carolina. I mean, uh, going on the road to, a you know, arguably a top 10 team and winning by 21, obviously that's uh, very impressive. But North Carolina did shoot three of 22 from uh, behind the arc that game. Uh, tells a little bit of the story there. But, um, you know, uh they followed that up with another pretty solid win, 10-point uh, victory at home against Boston College. Uh, they could stroll into this one on the road a little uh, overconfident maybe. Um, not, that, not that this is a really uh, sell-high uh, moment on Louisville. I think this is just about, um, you know, I, the number's very close, the opener uh, to what we're, to our buy point, the, uh, um, our buy point was Georgia Tech plus four. It's come out at um, uh, Louisville. Uh, no, excuse me. Our, our buy point was uh, Georgia Tech plus five. Uh, this com- this uh, the original number is uh, yeah Louisville minus three and a half. So uh, we still got a little bit to go here. But it, it, if I you know. If I had to say, uh, Louisville will probably take early money. Um, you know, people just uh, just saw how Georgia Tech showed up um, against Clemson, and the the most recent thing in people's mind as far as Louisville goes has to be the the big UNC blowout. So um, I would expect that them to you know drive this price up. Now, if we get to five and a half or six, uh, you know. With that defense at home, uh, Georgia Tech could very could very well win this game, and um, you know I might have some 
a little bit of Georgia Tech money line, and uh, most most of it would probably be on uh, taking the like I said five plus five and a half or six. So um, yeah, we'll just see where this goes. If uh, you know if the the initial push is on Louisville, we might end up uh, uh, backing the Jackets here at home. But uh, we'll go from there into San Francisco taking on BYU at home. Um, you know, I like San Francisco in this spot, uh, you know, kind of based on the matchup. I think that San Francisco, uh, you know, will use the strength of their defense uh, to take away what BYU does well, and that's, uh, you know, uh, operate pretty efficiently on the offensive end. San Francisco is not going to have to rely on turnovers. They, they just do a very good job of, um, you know, inside out, uh, on ball defense on the perimeter, and then they've got your seven footer down low. Um, you know, to affect the paint and uh, just all around uh, very solid defensive team. And, um, you know, they, they're top 10 in the country and, you know, as far as offensive turnover percentage too, so it's not like they're going to – there's no really, you know, strong weakness. If you look at their recent results, they, they did have the letdown uh, on Thursday. We, we're, we were actually on them, I think, at minus five. They only won by one. Um yeah, just kind of a letdown spot. That was my worry. Uh, they lost by 13 to Gonzaga uh, this past Saturday uh, on a game that they actually played much better than that. Um, yeah, pretty good. 87 game grade against Gonzaga. Uh, so they were probably a little deflated after that, what turned out to be a 13-point loss. Um, so maybe, maybe now that they got the – their flat spot game out of the way against Pacific. Maybe they bounce back here against BYU. Uh, don't really have to worry about the uh, one-day rest here as much because BYU is in the same scenario, except they are on the road um, on one-day rest here. And um, they also have St. Mary's and Gonzaga as look ahead. So this is just um, setting up for a pretty decent spot. It's at 6.5 right now on five dimes minus seven on um it is minus seven on uh excuse me bookmaker um so i I think that overall um i like the six and a half i'm not going to wait for the six my buy point was around seven and a half i believe um yeah seven and a half so um i'm going to go ahead and make a play now you'll see this um, obviously a little delayed as I have to post this, but uh, that'll be coming out on Twitter before I release the podcast. Um, but yeah, we'll, since uh, yeah, that'll be a play, and we'll move on to Northern Arizona at home against Portland State. Now, uh, as I said earlier, I am six and zero and fading Portland State, uh, but that is by no means uh, something I'm looking to just bo- uh, blindly do. Um, you know, of course, they played 16 games, and that means I haven't, you know, bet them in 10 of their 10 of their games. So, I uh, bet against them in 10 of their games. But, uh, you know, this just looks like another spot where we're getting some value. Portland, Portland State, uh, we kind of know what they are at this point. They, their offensive defense has been just really bad by almost every measure, except uh, offensively, they do a really good job. Actually, second in the country on uh, as for offensive rebounding percentage which in turn has given them a pretty good free throw rate. But yeah, then you look at their free throw, uh, you know, 
uh, percentage at 68.8%. Um, They're not really making teams pay there. Um, they were uh, pretty strong earlier in the year at uh, turning teams over. That's even kind of faded. They're, uh, um, you know, they, they like to press and push tempo. And uh, you look at what Northern Arizona uh, does well and that's protect the basketball they're 75th in the country at turnover rate so um, they should be able to beat the press and then uh, you know their offense isn't you know all that bad so um, for them here at home against uh, just a really bad defense and um, Portland State can't get out of their own way only laying two here uh, I really like that my buy point was uh, four and a half so it's a little bit of extra value here. You kind of wonder what's uh, where that's coming from, especially considering how bad Portland State has been against the number. Um, I, I guess it has something to do with the fact that Northern Arizona is four and twelve on the year, but they have played a much much more difficult schedule than Portland State. Um, this just seems like a little out of whack for me. I I, I don't. Um, yeah, we're gonna. Uh, this will be a full unit play for me and. Uh, yeah, hopefully we can make it seven and zero. That'll be that would be very impressive uh, to hit seven in a row against one team. But uh, hopefully we can do that here on Saturday. But that'll do it for the uh, preview section of the podcast. We will go ahead and close this one out. We're over the forty minute mark here, over forty one minute mark. So, um, yeah, that'll do it. And uh, yeah, if you're on Twitter, you can follow me. Uh, there at betting filter if you'd rather have email blasts sent out from my blog you can do that sign up for that at bettingfilter.wordpress.com that's bettingfilter.wordpress.com i should um, be back on friday with another edition previewing next saturday's games Uh, as always if you have any questions or topics that you would like to discuss on that podcast just try to send those in um Either on my blog or uh, on Twitter, just whatever works for you, uh, I should see it. And, uh, yeah, good luck on the weekend, and hopefully we come out um, with a little more than, uh, you know, two plays. But uh, regardless, we'll, you know, try to keep on the winning pattern here. And, uh, yeah, good luck. We'll be back next Friday.